This is Man Down, the anti-man up movement with me, Jamie Clements. Join me as I speak to inspirational people from all walks of life about mental health, masculinity, vulnerability, and pretty much everything else. This is Man Down. I am incredibly proud to say that Man Down is brought to you in partnership with Better, a charity raising awareness around mental health and suicide prevention through a range of exciting events and initiatives. Please head over to www.better.org.uk, that's B-E-D-E-R, or find them on Instagram at better underscore UK. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Man Down. Uh, Today, I've got the pleasure of being joined by Freddie Pearson. Freddie is a British model, former international sportsman, TEDx speaker, and mental health advocate. It's a long list. Uh, Based in London, he's also, believe it or not, going into his final years as a student at the Uni of Manchester at their business school and is the director of his newest venture, The Talent Circle, which we're going to hear a lot more about later on in today's conversation. I'm not going to spoil what exactly the talent circle is yet. I'll let Freddie dive into that when we when we come to that. Um, but to give a bit of background to Freddie as well, after suffering with depression and battling an eating disorder during his time as a model, uh, he's decided to use his platform to speak out about his struggles and help break down the stigmas of men's mental health and the dilemmas of social media use in young people. And as an ambassador for Young Minds UK, speaking at schools, events, and online to help educate young people. Freddie. Thanks for joining me, mate. How's it all going? Yeah, not bad. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, all good. It's uh, it's a weird world at the moment with everything going on with lockdown and sort of adapting to it. But um, no, I'm great. Great, great to be here too. Glad to hear it, mate. And how you know how has how has lockdown been for you? What's what's life been like the last few months? <laughs> I um, I'm kind of I'm a firm believer that um, sort of well I have been throughout that lockdown is very much what you make of it. Um, I think at the start with um, it being um you know with quite sort of strict rules it was quite difficult i found my mood was swinging quite a lot and you know just being sort of cooped up in my house with my family was quite difficult but no it's been um i've I found it weirdly enjoyable actually it's given me a bit of time to do some things that i wasn't sort of able to do before and um i'm also one of those people who's very much go 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 so for the first time yeah. in my life i've learned to sort of stop and i've got a new appreciation for that so yeah it's uh it's actually been quite a good experience for me Good, mate. Glad to hear it. Yeah, I think it's an important, um, important lesson to learn. We were speaking just before we came on air just about, you know, how busy stuff has been for, for the pair of us. And, you know, judging from that list of stuff that I just rattled off in your intro, you know, we've both got lots of plates spinning. So it's important to learn those skills of like doing a bit of nothing for sure. So, um, yeah, no, glad to hear it. I just want to jump straight in, if that's all right. And just um, for those people listening who aren't familiar with you, you know, you've got plenty of instagram followers so i'm sure there'll be some followers listening um but for those people who aren't familiar with you um who are you what do you do day to day who is freddie person sure so um i am a recently turned 21 year old um i live in south london with my parents um but i am also a student at the university of manchester um so i kind of drop between uh, the two. Um, who is Freddie Pearson? That's a question I'm still trying to work out at the moment. But at the moment, um, I am, so I model. Um, I'm very big into my sort of fitness and well-being, um, sort of using my platform selfishly and selflessly, and I, as if I can. 
Um, and I've also just started my newest business venture, which is the Talent Circle. So using my own experiences, to sort of, I guess you could say give back and sort of help other people learn from sort of the sort of mistakes that I had made while I was going through sort of the modeling industry as such. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's de- yeah, definitely something I want to pick a little bit more into as we, we go a bit further into the chat. But just... I suppose coming back to the work you're doing at the moment with your modeling and being, as I, as I jokingly mentioned, but in all seriousness, kind of big on social media, yeah. um, where did that all start for you? Because as you said, you're, you're still a young guy, you just turned 21. So sure. when, when did that start? How did it start? What was the process like for you? Sure. Um, so I think I was kind of, um, so I was born in 1999 and I think we were kind <laughs> of... <laughs> My my sort of age group or sort of my mates who are my age, we were kind of like the final tier of people who could sort of remember what life was like before this sort of technology and social media all came in. Um, but I mean, I I think I downloaded Instagram and Facebook when I was around sort of 14 and 15. And then I started modeling at the age of 17. And I, you know, would start uploading sort of photos that I was doing from those modeling shoots to Instagram. And I remember going to um, sort of the summer before university was one of the best summers that I'd ever had. And, you know, you got this whole huge excitement about going to this next step of your life. And I'd done some photo shoots over that summer and they came out in around October time, my first time at university. And I think I joined university and had about, this was in September of 2017 and had about 3000 followers on Instagram and I left my first year with about 105. So in that time while I was at university, it completely blew up. Um, and it was just off the back of doing photo shoots and sort of gaining more attention and traction. And I went to LA in my first year, um, which was a combination of both working out there and also staying in a frat house for, uh, for six weeks in LA. So I got sort of a really good experience there, but I think it, it really kicked off really quite suddenly for me. Um, and I think, um it was a real learning experience for me as well as sort of just trying to keep up with it all as well Um, yeah yeah i think it's um it's a really interesting one because you know being a a little bit older than you um (laughs) i'm not going to patronize you but um yeah i sort of came to instagram a bit a bit later in life and you know i've i've seen it you know it launched when i was probably i want to say 16 i guess 16 17 and we've both definitely seen that I guess new line of work open up for people in terms of we we don't like using the word influencer between the two of us and and, and between us and James as well but it is a word that gets thrown around a lot um I think it has some negative connotations but I suppose what I want to discuss a bit further with you is obviously it all looks quite I guess, polished and rosy from the outside, right? You've got a lot of followers. It seems easy, whatever people want to say about it. Um, But I think a lot of people underestimate the difficulties that come with being in the public eye, being um, viewed as some by untouchable. You know, there's some well-known downsides to social media around people like people trolling and, and stuff like that, all of the buzzwords. But what was that side of it like for you? Was it something that you experienced pretty early on? Is it something you still experience today? What kind of impact did, did the negative side of um, it have on, on you? Sure. So when I, when I first started using sort of social media, I, I can't lie, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was, it was, it's very much a 
it's a very good feeder of your ego. And I think when you're sort of, you know, like a 17, 18 year old and you're posting topless photos and you're getting loads of likes and attention by girls your age, it's, you know, it's perfect for you. You absolutely love it. Um, and I think as I was, you know, getting into the, the act of the modeling, I found, and this is it's not uncommon at all. Um, I think a huge sort of following of the male model industry tends to be this way anyway, but I tend to find that when I first started out, I was gaining a huge amount of male attention as well. And I think as Instagram then sort of dived into more of a commercial slash branding aspect, I was then finding myself, you know, posting loads of things and trying to keep sort of like a male following happy, Whereas my first intention was to go in and sort of get like a new girlfriend and stuff like that. <laughs> it was very, it was kind of, it was very complicated. Um, and it was, you know, learning to deal with yourself as being more like a sort of a brand or a consumer point of view than it was as a sort of you just living your life. Mm -hmm. um, I think in terms of the difficulty, I, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's made my life in. <laughs> very easy in some aspects and very difficult in some aspects i think you know almost people see instagram followings as sort of like a currency these days um and you know i know people who have been able to walk into a bar or somewhere exclusive just because they've got a blue tick to their name um and i think it's made the way the reason that it's made my life a little bit more difficult is because i am i've always been someone who's cared a lot about what people think of me and i think You've got to be very cautious about what you're putting out there on social media and, you know, what's yourself. So, for instance, on my main Instagram feed, I wouldn't put pictures of me downing pints and being all sort of laddish and stuff like that because it doesn't really fit with the brand that I'm trying to sort of, or sort of the image that I'm trying to put out there. But it can get a little bit confusing because it's sort of like, you know, who am I and then who am I trying to be? Uh, whereas for a lot of people, they just kind of just put out who they are. Um, and I think that's the, that's the problem with social media is that, if, you know, putting yourself out as you are, can, it can be incredibly terrifying because people are just able to sort of, you know, put their opinion out or sort of trolling and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people think, well, why would I put myself out as vulnerable like that um, when people can just sort of attack me for who I am? Um, it's a, it, it, there's so many intricacies and complexions about it, but um, yeah, I think, I think that was probably the main thing for me was the sort of working out who I was at that sort of young age with all of that going around me. Yeah. And it, it's a really interesting point because it's something that I talk quite a lot about in terms of mental health more broadly and not necessarily just looking at social media in that, um, this, this buzzword that I throw out, throw out a lot, but I stand behind, you know, wholeheartedly around authenticity mm -hmm. and be, you know, living true to who you really are and i i guess or my take on it is that if there is a gap between who you really are um to yourself and what you're putting out to the world whether that's in person and you're putting up a facade or whether it's on social media i think that's where you start to have a few issues and get yourself into trouble um I agree with you um and i think for me the main thing that actually allowed me to kind of unravel that was that i I think it was the decision to actually go down the route that I wanted to. So a more fitness orientated. And also <laughs> I think this is quite peculiar coming from sort of, you know, like a sort of a, like a young guy, but I'm quite an emotional bloke. I'm very sort of, I think, yeah, emotionally kind of there and I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic in a way. And I think that kind of me sort of being able to be myself and sort of speak the words that inspired me, instead of feeling like I had to try and be someone else, that allowed me to kind of just fit more into my role. And it felt more, it felt so much less like an act. It felt like I wasn't having to be someone different every day and I didn't have to worry so much about what anyone else thought. And I could just go ahead and be me. Um, and I think that was, 
yeah, it took a huge amount of stress on my shoulder, but it took a while to sort of learn from that as well. So. Yeah, of course, of course. It's all, it's all a big learning experience, right? And I think you're lucky to have, you know, in a way, I say lucky quite loosely, like to have experienced it at such, such a young age. Um, because really? I think you have, yeah, you have to go through the, the shit to, to get to like those learning experiences, right? Absolutely. Um, and so you've been, I spoke about in the intro, kind of your, you speak very openly and quite openly about, you know, battling with your own mental health, depression and eating disorders. I, if we can just touch on that, if you're, if you're happy to, to chat around that a bit more, it'd be great to hear yeah, of some of your personal experiences with that. Yeah, so I, um, I think the reason that I can now look at back at it and speak so openly about it is I'm in better place now. And I kind of I took my time with it in the sense that I would reflect on how I was feeling so that I could learn from it. And really enough, just grateful that I went through such a bad period because I'm so much more empathetic. I'm so much more aware of everything that goes on. Um, and I think I've learned a huge amount about myself. Um, but I went to university, um, you know, very sort you know, my modelling career was kicking off. I was playing international sports. Um, I was a very, very, I was a very confident young man going to university. I think a lot of people, for a lot of young people, actually, university is it, it, very changing mental health-wise. And I think I went to university being a bit of a mummy's boy. I kind of always had that support at home um, and everything was always structured and sort of, Everything was very easy for me, basically. Um, and I went to university, and I, um, a week into university, I was kicked out of the GB team uh, for going on a night out before a training session because um, I wanted to go meet people during the week. So I found my sort of my university uh, life really blooming, and my sport was kind of falling down a hill. And I also, a few weeks into uh, university, did a really, really strict um, diet for photo shoot. So I was recommended to do a keto diet, which is where you basically get rid of all the carbs in your diet and you just drop off fat. So I found myself not playing international sport or not playing water polo at all, which was my really, really big sport, and replacing it with a really strict diet. And because of university sort of lifestyle of not really having much work to do and not really having much purpose my structure and purpose as such became this diet and I got into a really really bad headspace I mean I got in the best shape of my life and I ironically had never felt worse I mean I really really was just suffering because I think it was three days after the photo shoot finished so in that period I'd just gone straight back to a normal diet and I think originally I'd, I'd gone from 86 kilograms down to 87 so down to 77. So I'd lost nine kilograms for this one shoot. And I put on 10 kilograms in three days, just from sort of like eating oil, because I think you hold all the water. Yeah. And I just panicked. I completely panicked. I was like, I've got to stay on this diet. I can't get off it. And this sort of eating disorder formed from this strict diet, from comparing myself to other people and um, like other models who are working and just worrying about that way that I was looking. And so your normal first year who is going out and having the best time of their life and sort of, you know, drinking and, you know, trying new things and sort of going out all the time. For me, it had been like that for the first six weeks. But then it just got into this headspace of just thinking about food all the time and the way that I was looking and not drinking. And it was a really, really bad phase. And I just started beating myself up all the time. 
And I think I put so much pressure on myself to sort of, you know, achieve or to, you know, I wasn't doing things that I enjoyed and I was being really, really harsh on myself. Um, and I think I, in terms of sort of recovery or bringing myself sort of back to the sort of, you know, back to the me that I am now, um, I think I'm a much sort of happier person. I, I mean, I know that I'm a much happier person, but I was seeing sort of, you know, therapists and trying to sort of find my way sort of through. And I think the modeling industry sort of being in that sort of area of work wasn't necessarily helping me, even though it was something that I previously enjoyed. Um, but I think the big thing for me was in terms of being back to sort of my happy and healthier self was taking responsibility for myself and my actions. I think I was very, very quick before to sort of, you know, blame external factors or, you know, to look for things that were going on in the outside world to potentially sort of solve my problems when actually it was kind of me. And instead of sort of trying to always look internally and sort of unravel myself like I was, you know, some kind of problem, just kind of being honest with myself, I think that was the biggest and best way for me to sort of get, you know, into a better place. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um, great advice. It's simple, simple, seemingly simple advice, but I think it's it's really powerful in terms of just, you know, sitting with who you are and what you're feeling and, and actually being okay with that rather than trying yeah. to achieve some goal, whether that's an external goal or an internal goal of, of feeling a certain way or looking a certain way or whatever it is, just actually being comfortable, authentic, whatever it is, just sitting absolutely. with who you are. Absolutely. And I said this to a friend of mine, actually, the other day, um, who's going through sort of a difficult period. Um, and I remember calling it, I think, well, she, she's out, yeah, she's sort of feeling quite depressed and sort of has been struggling with her sort of own mental sort of circumstances. And I called it a mental injury. Mm. And she said, oh, why do you call it that? And I said, well, you know what, I think someone, I once heard someone say sort of depression as a sort of shorter version, which says like deep rest. And I kind of thought, you know, when I heard that, I kind of took two, three months to just really take a step back and sort of calm. And I kind of thought it is a mental injury because it's the same as having an injury any other place in your body. It's kind of trying to sort of force yourself to do things and make yourself do things that you don't necessarily want to do and to be someone you're not with in terms of a mental injury. It's like trying to run a marathon with a broken leg. So I think giving yourself that kind of period to step back and sort of really reset and figure out what is important to you and what makes you happy, what makes you tick, what brings you down. Having that honesty with yourself was the most important thing for me in terms of getting back to a sort of a really good place where I am now. So. Yeah, ab absolutely. Absolutely. I think everything, you know, in terms of recovery or if you're not trying to get out of a, a sticky situation in terms of self-improvement, it all starts with that self-awareness, right? Just that awareness of where you're at. And, you know, funny, funny, you talk about, you know, taking that step back and, and not just powering through. I messaged you about three hours ago telling you that I, I, I couldn't do it today because I was feeling so shit. And um, yeah, I, I logged off, took myself offline, shut my laptop, went for a nap, did some breath work, had a coffee and feeling, you know, it's sometimes yeah. it's, it's as simple as that. I'm back. I'm back. Um, so yeah, it's, it's super, super interesting. And, you know, obviously great to hear that you're you know, feeling in a much better place and, and out the other side of that. So um, sort of following from that, um, obviously you've mentioned exercise and, you you know, you used to play a very high level sport. Sure. How how else have you learned to manage your your mental health? What helps you on a day to day? What's What does your routine look like? Anything that's sort of built that toolkit to help you with your own mental health? Sure. I think the big thing for me, which has been a huge sort of factor in sort of 
my general well-being and general happiness is not taking things too seriously and prioritizing my enjoyment. So the way that I would say that is that I have been, I think I've been incredibly lucky to have been sort of brought up under a roof of two very hardworking parents. And I think growing up, it was very much a, uh, you know, it was very much, you know, achieving things and sort of going out there and trying to achieve as much as possible. And I am so, so grateful for that because I've got this huge appetite for life and this, you know, group like burning in ambition. But I think that the sort of negative side of that though was that I was, everything that I did was very, very serious. I was never able to sort of play sport just for the fun of it or just for, you know, just to sort of crack on. Like I always was putting so much pressure on myself and trying to do things. And I think now it's kind of, Taking each day at a time doesn't, it doesn't sound right for me, but it's kind of waking up every May and sort of, you know, being like, what do I want to do today that's going to make me happy? What, is going to, what am I going to really enjoy? So I think going back to sort of sport and a relationship with food. So I used to play, um, so water polo at a very high level and was training 20 hours a week. And I was that kid who you would invite round to your house when you had leftovers in your fridge that needed to be eaten. I mean, I would eat and eat and eat and eat. It was kind of disgusting. <laughs> um, and I think when I was really struggling with food, I never ever sort of allowed myself to eat the things that I wanted to eat. And I was just so restrictive and it was awful. And now it's kind of, you know, like I, I love food. <laughs> I really, really do. And I don't know why it was so hard on myself. But yeah, you know, like, I think just, you know, if I want to go and do something, I'll do it. And if, you know, it makes me happy, I'll do it. And if I like the taste of something, then I'll do it. And I think the thing is that I've always been, I think for me, I was, I've always been very selfless, which is a good thing. I think it really, really is a good thing. But I also think that you need to learn to sort of prioritize yourself and do the things that you want to do. Um, because I think if you're so worried about, you know, putting other people first and whether you're hurt someone, I think you're never ever going to get anywhere because there's always going to be someone who's going to be hurt by your actions. So I think actually being selfish and prioritizing my enjoyment um, it's how I sort of the main thing that sort of gets me going on a day to day. So. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, um, a valuable lesson that I've had to learn myself, you know, <laughs> growing up at similar as a, you know, very competitive sportsman and ultimately, you know, a bit of a people pleaser, but the yes man. And as you yeah. said, there's, there's plenty of positive elements to that. It's great. Absolutely. It's great to be selfless as long as it's not taking away from you and you have to protect your own energy. Um, I love, there's a, it's a massive cliche, but um, a friend of mine always talks about putting, you know, on planes in the safety video, they talk about putting your own oxygen mask on before you help others. Yeah. That's just, it's such a classic in terms of just like, you need to have the energy to help other people. And if really? you're not helping yourself, then you're never going to be able to do that. So um, I really, I completely agree with you and I think also a really big thing is that when you're when you put in the time to improve in yourself and to sort of put yourself first you're then finding yourself in a much better place to then help other people as well um so by a you know by being able to be selfish you're then in a much better place to be able to be selfless so yeah definitely there's um for anyone listening and and for yourself there's a great book um by a guy called Adam Grant called Give and Take and it basically looks at the dynamics um in the workplace across the world in terms of people who are categorized as givers you know more selfless than selfish versus those who are takers mm -hmm. and it see it looks at different studies of how successful givers versus takers are in certain situations and it's really interesting because they find more often than not that the people at the bottom are givers the people at the top are also givers 
So it, it depends how you are giving, like how you are interacting and yeah. making that work with people. And he comes out with a term called um, being otherish. So essentially you're looking after yourself, but also still able to give to others in a way that almost comes full circle and, and brings it back to helping yourself not in like a tit for tat way but in a way that's actually gonna help you feel good about yourself in the long run so um yeah great book that's a massive tangent but we'll we'll go with it um, so i guess i just want to move through from that and obviously from your your learnings and your own experience of, of what you've done with your own mental health but also in your in your work um I know you're an ambassador for, for young minds and you've done, you know, a couple of Ted talks as well. So where did that come from? What kind of work have you been doing with those guys? Sure. So I, um, I realized when sort of, I guess when everything sort of turned up upside down for me that I wanted to, um, use my platform to sort of help other people who've been going through a similar thing. So I reached out to Young Minds UK and I started commu communicating with them and sort of became an ambassador for them. And I loved all the work that we're doing and the positivity they were trying to promote. And I think they're so important in terms of social media usage in the sense that social media is just such a big part of young people's lives now. And there is such minimal education on how to use it, um, which for me seems quite you know, absurd. Um, I think, you know, there, there is obviously, it seems so simple, but there are so many sort of complex components behind it. Um, but I partnered with them and, you know, started reposting stuff they were doing, um, trying to sort of help them as best as possible. And I started writing a blog. So I write a blog on my website called Fred's Mind which is basically it, like little thoughts and stuff that I often had. So it might be something on adversity. It might be something on how boxing has, you know, the lessons that I've learned from that or uh, loads of sort of mini topics that people can read into. Um, and I wrote a blog called um, the truth about social media through the eyes of an influencer mm -hmm. and someone from uh, Ted basically read it um, and they loved what I've written and they organized for me to go out to Montenegro to do this speech. And uh, about a month before I did that speech, I gave a talk at Tunbridge School, which is a well-established boys school um, in, I'm trying to think where, but I think it's just outside of London, really beautiful school. And I had to go and give a talk to these, all these boys about how, you know, the topics that I was talking about and I was so nervous. I mean, I was really, really nervous because, you know, there's a lot of stigma around, you know, young men and mental health. And that was something that I really wanted to break down. When you go to Tunbridge school, they have a chapel where a thousand people sit and it's this, it's like an abbey and you have this long walk. It felt like about a mile walking between you've got all these eyes on you. And they asked me to choose a song. And I walked out to You're So Vain by Carly Simon, which went down quite well. But I, uh, I walked out to that and gave this talk and it went down so, so well. I had about 20 boys messaging me after. Some of them pulled me aside after just being like, thanking me for this talk that I've given. I think that was the first time that, you know, likes on a photo, you know, you, they're very sort of, very empty in a way. And, but when you have a real compliment about something you've written or something that you said and off the back of your platform, it really made me think, you know what, I really want to do this. Like I really want to run with this and do what I can with it. And then I went out to Montenegro and I gave this talk 
Um, and again, it was very funny before I started. Um, so Eastern European humor is very different to here in the UK. And they were kind of jokingly roasting everyone before they went out and spoke. And she called me, the, the woman doing the introduction called me uh, an influencer. And everyone in the crowd went, oh, and I was standing there just before I was about to go out. They're like, oh, God, as if I wasn't nervous enough already. So I had to kind of go out there and clear up that, you know, I didn't like the term influencer and this is why and so on. And it went so well again. And I think that it, I think it inspired other people, but also inspired me. It made me really feel like I had a sort of a purpose to sort of do good, to sort of use my platform and to be an ambassador for someone like you, Young Minds as well, to sort of speak their truth. Um, I think that was a really, really big thing for me. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't realise the talk was in Montenegro. It's quite a, quite a rogue. Um, really rogue. But really such a beautiful rogue, yeah. place. So yeah. beautiful. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I find the whole influencer term, and I think it's probably a whole other conversation, but oh my God. Yeah. it started as such a positive, I think. It was like these people using their platform of influence for good. And I think, and I hope that with everything that's going on in the world in the moment, would it, there's there's a bit of a shift and people are starting to use their platform for more good uh, well yeah i i I, th I mean i think they were so for those sort of listening we've got a mutual friend um called james middleton who is very very good at sort of using his platform to educate other people and sort of the decisions of current influencers today so and i completely agree with everything that i do that he does i think he does it in a great way but it's kind of you you'll see people you know, posting sort of fat loss, quick, you know, solutions and injections and pills and stuff like that. And I, you know, I remember seeing things like this and thinking you're an influencer, you're influencing the way that people behave and that is how you're choosing to do it. And I will sometimes, you know, I understand people need to earn money. I very, very much understand that. And I myself very rarely do it. I will occasionally do it if it's something that I believe in or if I think it's something that will benefit or relate to the brand in a good way. But I'm very picky about how I do it. I don't particularly like using sort of social media to make money. Um, but I think it's a very, very strong thing. You have the power to influence people and their actions and their behavior. You need to be very, very cautious or careful or think about how you're then going to do that or what you want to influence them to do. So. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's probably the right word for that role, but it's just gotten caught up in all of the the shit that goes on with, you know, advertising. I know James does a hell of a lot of work, you know, de debunking and calling out brands for yeah. these these terrible skinny teas and skinny jabs and all of this fad diet work. So I think, you know, it does it takes people like that um to, to call this stuff out because there's so much of it out there and we need to, you know, fight, fight that battle. Um, because yeah, you know, so many young people and people in general using these platforms and they, they believe what these people are saying and that's really dangerous. And why, and why wouldn't they, you know, you see someone in a position like this of responsibility, why wouldn't you believe them? Um, and I think again, relating back to food and eating and stuff like this, if you see people, you know, with bodies that you aspire to have, you know, talking about products like this and how they use this to get into sort of quick shape and stuff like that a lot of people are going to do it and yeah. i find it incredibly frustrating um and um i think you know there's, a, there's <laughs> as cliche and quirky as it is there's a great quote from um spider-man which is you know with great power comes great responsibility and i believe that in every aspect of my life um 
you know, if you've got a following of, you know, you look at someone like Kim Kardashian with a following of, you know, hundreds of millions of people. And there was a scandal of her selling these cubes, which you ate and it reduced your appetite. And you think about hundred million people are following you. A good percentage of those will probably buy that product or think, believe that that is the way to do it. I just, you know, you could be, you could put out something like a charity or something so beneficial and a change that would make compared to that thing that is making you a tiny bit of money is monumental. Um, yes, you're probably right. Probably a conversation for a whole another time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if people do want to um, hear more from, from James Middleton, who speaks very passionately on the topic, <laughs> could probably do his own podcast in about hundred episodes on the world of social media. Um, I spoke to him back in, in episode number three. So go and go and check that one out if you are intrigued. Um, he does as well on his Instagram have a, a lot of topless photos. So, um, <laughs> so I don't think the bloke's worn a shirt in 2020. So um, anyway, moving on. Um, we've spoken about obviously some of the great work you've already done speaking and um, just through your channels more generally. Uh, but I want to come on to your newest venture that we mentioned at the top of the show, which is the Talent Circle. Uh, it's something that I think, you know, I've said, said to you, you know, a couple of times already, I think it's an absolutely fantastic idea, fantastic concepts and very needed off the back of some of the issues that we have identified and spoken about in this conversation already. Um, but for those who, again, aren't necessarily familiar with yourself or, or the company, can you just give us the, you know, the elevator pitch, a bit of a background into what you guys are doing? Absolutely. So the Talent Circle is a, I guess you could say it's a, it's, it's a paid service, but it is a support network for young people who are in fast-paced and high-pressured industries. So that could be modeling or acting or music or as athletes. It's sort of people who are, I guess you could say you're quite disposable. The people who are quite disposable and under spotlight of sort of media and social media. So what we will be doing is providing a space where these young people can improve their lives outside of the pitch and will then create a sort of more of a, a whole effect in their lives. So we were doing that through four main components. So financial management, um, mentoring, well-being, advocacy, and we're going to be introducing a legal aspect. So I'll sort of put it plainly in terms of modeling. So through my experiences, I've been modeling since I was 17 and I've never been offered a service like this. And I think I can very much benefit from it. Um, but you will have very very young people who can earn a huge amount of money in these industries and I guess the way you could say it is they will get to say a young model is earning 40,000 pounds a year they will spend a huge amount of that money on material wealth uh, such as watches and fancy cars and things that look flash and they won't be saving for later on in the life because they believe that this is going to go on forever and this model lifestyle that they feel they need to buy into. Um, so what we do is provide financial advisors who will be able to give them the best advice uh, for saving their money long term, uh, making good decisions with their money during this period of time and for after their career. We then provide well-being advocacy, so counselling with people who are experts in their field. So providing counsellors who have knowledge of sport or, or of the modelling industry. So for instance, a lot of young girls, um, body, uh, body dysmorphia and eating disorders are incredibly common for young women. So we have... Um, you know, say a young girl was struggling with their image, they would be able to have access to a counsellor, someone they could speak about the problems that they were sort of suffering with and put them on a path to being in a much better sort of headspace. Um, we then also offer a mentoring um, scheme. So people who are recognised faces in their field, 
um, to come and sort of speak to younger people, um, uh, whether it's about finance or some sort of adversity that they faced. So I guess for me, the biggest, um, the reason that I decided to speak about my troubles with food um, was because I saw a video of Freddie Flintoff, someone I hugely admire and look up to, speaking about how he suffered with an eating disorder. Um, now for me, I, when I saw that, I went, wow, like I'm not the only one, I'm not the only person struggling. So if we can then provide that for other people and help them um, sort of creating you know, a healthier, sort of way of doing their career. Um, I think that is the big, big thing for, for us. Um, so we want to make it a safer, um, more enjoyable, more fulfilling experience for each of these people in these industries. Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's probably the, the best use of your experience and your knowledge and your, your passion that, that you could have possibly, possibly have landed on. I think that's where so many great ideas for businesses come from ultimately is, is lived experience and seeing something that you wish you'd had. Um, so I think, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic, mate. And I, I wish it all, all the success. I think it's going to be a big hit. I think it's, um, you've already got some, some great people lined up in terms of, you know, your, your wellbeing advocates and, and other people from within, within the space, James Middleton popping his head up again, can't get rid of him. Um, so, um, yeah. um, but yeah, it's absolutely brilliant, mate. I'm really, really genuinely excited to see where it goes. Um, I just want to, before we wrap up, um, touch on a couple of final sort of more quick fire questions, a bit more traditional interview style. Um, I think a good one to start with, you know, you are only 21, just, um, what, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Uh, or let's say, let's say your 17 year old self starting out as a, a model. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice that I would say to myself is don't be so hard on yourself. I think the big thing that I struggled with in the modeling industry was, I think actually it's prepared me really well for later life in the terms of I've had to deal with so much rejection. Um, but when I was younger, if I didn't get a modeling job, I'd take it so personally. Um, like if I didn't get a job, I'd sort of turn to myself and be like, what's wrong with me? And I'd start looking inward. And what you actually need to do is look outward and go, right, well, maybe this isn't what the brand is looking for. They're looking for something different. Um, and I think any rejection I took, I took it so personally. So I think the big thing would be, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. Other people are going to be, you know, trying to put you down in life. So you might as well be on your own side and want the best for yourself. So don't be too hard on yourself um, and take things as they go. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot to be said around not taking things too personally. And, and also it's something that I've spoken to a few people on the podcast about is just controlling the controllable. Absolutely. You know, understand, Absolutely. understand what's in your grasp, understand what you can do about the situation. Do that and then make your peace with it. Um, I think that's, yeah, super, super powerful stuff. Um, and I think the, the last one that I'd like to touch on actually goes back to probably the, what, like the overriding themes of what we've discussed. Um, for, you know, a young person, or maybe not so young, who is striving to grow their following or striving to be something on social media, um, what advice would you give them? Because I think you can get wrapped up in that world. And I think there's definitely a way as you've found to manage how you are, manage your emotions, manage your mental state, but still get there without getting completely lost and wrapped up in those likes and those follows. Mm -hmm. I, the big thing that I would say is don't live your life through social media, because I think a huge amount of people have 
Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and the list goes on and there's always going to be some kind of social media platform that comes out and you know they, everyone you know is going to be on that and it consumes so much of your time so I would say designate a particular portion of your day that you were allowed to sort of go on social media and crack on around the rest of your life um, as usual I think social media should be a tool to make your life better and not your life completely um, I think it's it's so important to realize that it's just a small thing that is there to either be learning source or something that is there to be you know an enjoyment in your life so if you are feeling you know finding it difficult take a step back but create i think this goes for all things in your life and not just social media but create an environment that is going to be beneficial for you so from the people that you follow the time that you spend on it who you're putting your efforts towards, create that environment on social media that you would want to reflect in your own life, but don't spend too much time in it. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, taking that step back and looking at why, why you're using it, like really assessing and digging down into the why, yeah. I think mm -hmm. there's, there's you can just get so wrapped up in it. Um, so, um, yeah. And I think the one thing that I really, really realized that for me, my relationship with social media was purely egotistical. I think once I was able to take a step back from that and realize that this, you know, these likes and these comments and these reposts and these messages were all just feeding my ego. Once I had that differentiation, it made my life a whole lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the ego is a, a nasty thing when it's not under control. So, um, Freddie, thank you so much, mate. It's been a, a genuine pleasure and um, I hope we get to, to catch up soon. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for having me on board it's been uh it's been really really wonderful to speak about it. yeah no really appreciate you being here mate sharing so openly and as i said very excited to see what what comes next with the talent circle and uh more topless photos <laughs> thanks so much mate. and best of luck with all your endeavors as well thank you mate So that is it for today's episode of Man Down. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. Tune in every Sunday for the next episode of Man Down with our next inspirational guest. If you want to get in touch or if there's anyone that you think should be on the podcast, you can reach out directly on Instagram at jamie.clements underscore or by email on jamie at mandownpod.co.uk. 